uh, people already get all their fiber because they eat all their vegetables and fruit lately. That's it. God, you're no, so, that's bad that's yeah. so bad at this. <laughs> that's so bad. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Irenacast, the weekly podcast dedicated to conversations on faith and culture. We are your hosts. I'm Jeff. I'm Mona. And I'm Alan. Thank you for joining us this week. This week, we are going to be talking about gratitude. And for our segment, we're going to be introducing a new segment again this week called Good News, Bad News. Uh, But before we get into our conversation, we want to let you know that this is episode number 48, and in two weeks, we are hitting the big 5-0. Uh, Irenicast is almost a senior citizen. <laughs> ah, the crowd goes by on. So we, We've almost been doing this for one year. Almost one year. That's yeah. such every a long time. Week, every week. Like, that's... I, I, I've become pretty nerdy about this whole podcast thing, and I've involved <laughs> myself in a lot of different yeah, podcasting communities, yeah. and it is somewhat... Not unprecedented, but it's very rare for someone who starts to go through a whole year and just be consistent every week. And we have nailed it. So I'm stoked. That's mostly because you've insisted on it. That's because of it. you. We're, <laughs> like, we're like, Jeff, let's just take a week off. And you're like, no, guys, we can't do it. Mona yeah. and I have been like running around in the fields with our we hands in the persist. air, just like excited about life and sometimes a little bit irresponsible. But Jeff has been like, Let's, let's do this. Hey, who are you Show calling up. irresponsible? All right. I'm like the epitome. We're not irresponsible. Jeff, right. I am grateful for you. I think that's what we're saying. That's what yeah. We're grateful for this show because it's brought Segway. some. Yeah, it's brought some format to my week even more. And well, thank you. That's I mean, what you're thankful for? It's brought format <laughs> to your week? I'm thankful that I have had you guys talking in my ear for so long <laughs> that's well, like saying like you're glad someone's their friend your friend because like they send you emails and they send you emails and it cl- it, it brings presents to your inbox when jiffy lube sends me a happy birthday card i do get excited a little bit oh wow all right so um <laughs> so for our 50th episode we are going to do what we did um during our 10th episode and we want to hear from you so we're going to make it a listener only question so uh Hit us up on Facebook or go to irenacast.com slash feedback. And there are all the ways you can get a hold of us and let us know your questions or topic suggestions or even segment suggestions, which one you'd like to hear. So it's going to be all listener questions. And if we have too many, we'll we'll throw a 50.5 bonus episode and, and finish all of them. But we want to hear from you. So check out our Facebook and we'll we'll announce it again next week and let you know uh, ways you can you can send us your question or comment or anything regarding the show. So all that to say, we are super thankful for our listeners, and we want to hear from you. And speaking of thankfulness, see, like that? We multiple segues this time that we ignore and then move so on. So all the segues. But this one's for real. Out there, one of them will stick. This one's for real. So Ew. we are going to be talking about <laughs> gratitude. And uh, obviously, aside from the whole tongue-in-cheek aspect of I'm thankful for this Ew. or that, uh, I think this is a real, I don't know, I think this is a real kind of issue that seems to be almost a lost art in the sense. I mean, I think people are thankful for things, obviously on Facebook. I don't know about you guys, but every November is like thankfulness month. And like if they do, what is it? The th- I'm thankful for this every day of the week. 30 leading days up of to, thankfulness. Yeah. And something. it's always really great and profound that first week. And then like the second week is like, I'm thankful for my toothbrush. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's really profound if you think about it. But unfortunately, I think thankfulness is associated with cheesiness. And sentimentality. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And it's unfortunate. Why is that unfortunate? It's unfortunate because... Well, I've been reflected... Yeah, it diminishes it. It it certainly does that. Um, I've been reflecting on a question for months. And I don't know if I have an answer to it yet. But I'm totally excited to hear what you guys think about this question. Because I think, to me, it's it's a paradox that almost can't be solved. But I'd love to talk about it. The question is this. Is it moral to be grateful for privilege or to practice gratitude for privilege because on one hand if you practice gratitude for it you're not really working to find other ways around it or you're 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 recognizing in that you have something that someone else doesn't have but on the other hand if you don't practice gratitude like i think our souls suffer when we aren't present to the realities and the goodness that we experience in life 
But we also, a lot of us have a higher consciousness of justice nowadays, especially if you're, you know, into progressive news sources and social media where people are talking about injustice a lot. So how do you be present to the world as it is and the world as it ought to be and be thankful for the what is, but also sorrowful and active on what ought to be without mm. like perpetuating the problem? Um, but so, I really do think... So you're referring gra- to like economic and racial privilege where like uh racial privileges say you're white or whatever and you have certain privileges that come with that that other people would not automatically get i'm just trying to break it down for people that I, don't talk about privilege anything that you're thinking mm-hmm. yeah 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 so so how yeah, do you be so privilege- and, and even economically how do you be thankful in a world where in our country we consume so much and own so much and some people have so little how do you be thankful for what you have there's a lot thing. of aspects to this yeah. question, but let's go back to privilege That's for a, a good sec. Question. So priv- privilege, I, I've been I've been racking my brain over this for months. Privilege. So a lot of people misunderstand privilege, and they think it's like an accusation. It's not meant to be that. It's not like oh, check your privilege. You know, some people say those sorts of things, but privilege is. Um, there's a really wonderful article. I forgot the author, but it talks about privilege as being a backpack that society gives you, and no matter what, you wear that backpack depending on your like social economic and racial gender location. You you have a backpack and in that backpack are a bunch of tools to kind of help you through life. So some people have a backpack and some people don't have a backpack like at all. And so people who have backpacks because society's decided that they have one, um, their life is just kind of inherently easier. They don't get pulled over as much. They might get free things more often. They might be inherently trusted or smiled at more. That's what privilege is. It's not meant to say like you're a bad person because you have privilege. But here's the thing. If I say, hey, I'm grateful that I get to eat vegetables. Like this morning, I ate a big old hunk of Swiss chard, which is gross to some people. But I'm thankful for it because it's filling my body with like action-packed nutrients. So when I'm saying like I'm thankful for these vegetables that I get to eat, like the the get to in that sentence is saying like I, I have access to something that when I'm saying like I get to do this, I'm recognizing in that statement there there are a lot of people who don't get that. There, there are neighborhoods in our community that don't have grocery stores. All they have is something like a Seven Eleven, and they don't have access to the types of food that you even just yeah. mentioned. So access and opportunity. It's not like I'm a better person. It's like I have access and opportunity to things that other people don't. And so, how do I, how do I be grateful for that? Like morally, how do I not? How, how does it? How, I mean, there's a level of guilt or, or frustration or, or anger that arises because I'm like, well, everyone should have access to this. Everyone should have what I have, but they don't. But I'm still thankful for it. Do you you to see see yeah. where I'm yeah. going with this? I think I think the most appropriate. Uh, we can all say that we're thankful, and we do, especially you know during certain times of the year and everything. But I think really the only appropriate response to gratefulness is generosity. Hmm. So if I'm thankful for something, then I'm acknowledging that I I have this and someone else doesn't, and that. I should hold it loosely because this is a gift and not something mm. that I'm entitled to or something that, that I deserve. I mean, or, or the rhetoric surrounding a lot of stuff like I earned this, I worked for this. Uh, and I think that, I think that we need to balance that, you know, privilege and entitlement and thankfulness and generosity and figure out where we are and all that. Because I don't think the fact that someone else doesn't have shouldn't diminish. We shouldn't feel guilty about being thankful unless we receive that by being active participants in making sure someone else didn't get it. Well, but I think it, uh, that's hard, though, because I, it is hard. You know, we all participate in a larger society that does withhold from some people. Well, that's why actively, I say actively so, participate. Like, like, but but you can still be complicit f- from a, from afar. True, but there's but there are certain systems that are so big that you everyone's going to be complicit to a certain extent and you can't, I don't know. I, like we have, uh, we have, man, this, see, this is a good question because you, it is going back and forth. It's a really hard world. question. You increase it to the whole world. There are, there are things that happen in our lives that are not good. There are things that happen in the universe that are not good. But from my, my perspective and from people I've read, like in the Bible and other spiritual leaders, we should be thankful all the time. Like Paul talks about that being thankful for all things. That's what God's will is for us is to look at life as if everything were a gift and to be grateful for all things, including, including things that are tinged with uh, 
I don't even know, evil or... Yeah, uh, but there's problem in that too, because if we look at everything as a gift from God, people that don't have, then God is not giving them gifts. I think there's a difference between... I think there's a difference between like causative and... I. I think what we're talking about, there's a breakdown in some sort of like logic. If I was able to trace it out, I can't do to my mind right now because I'm only halfway through my coffee. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) being thankful for something doesn't mean you are propping it up in its existence. You're not causing it to happen. Um, You're not thankful that someone else doesn't have something, but you're thankful that the experience that you are being given a gift, if that makes sense. And You know, it's that... It's that question, if the tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it or witness it, does it still happen? But like, yes, the, the answer is yes. Like it still, it still occurs even if there's no witnesses to it. Like we still experience good things even if we don't recognize them or take a moment to acknowledge them. So gratitude moves us into consciously acknowledging good things that happen. So you can be thankful and an activist at the same time is what well, I guess you- I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I, I'm a yeah, I'm I'm agreeing, I guess, I, because those good things are good whether th- they still happen, they're still good whether we acknowledge them or not. Like acknowledging them is not making them true, like you're saying. Like it's not making them come to be. Mm-hmm. It's just acknowledging what what is. And and honestly, that's why I do believe we can be thankful for all things, even in the moments where like life sucks and bad things happen, I can still be thankful because I'm acknowledging what is. And so why should we be thankful then, though? Like, because if it doesn't matter. Because I, I, I do believe that God is the source of all being, of all life, of all existence. And when I look at what is, I can be thankful to God for that. Because in existence, I do experience the love of God. Um, Thomas Merton said, to be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything that God has given us. And uh, life itself, with all the bad and all the crap... It still is something that has come from God and that we have the ability to live and like see this world and being grateful for all of that is recognizing that it all comes from a source and that, and that would be God. Um, and the fact that things don't last is actually good. This, this is an interesting idea too. I recently read about impermanence and it's the idea that looking at life as things will last forever is actually detrimental to our emotional health and even our humanity. Instead of seeing like the world around us as it will last forever, people will last forever, our houses, our jobs, our homes, our experiences will just kind of go on into infinity is to deny that like we are a part of a created world that is uh, passing away all the time, changing, transforming, decaying. And so becoming becoming. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So if we look at other people as being impermanent fixtures in our lives and um, our lives themselves as being impermanent, it puts us in a place to on the one hand, if it's really good, it might make us a little bit sad, right? To think about relationships not lasting forever or our lives not lasting forever. But at least we can be grateful that we have this experience. And on the other side, if life is tough and our relationships suck and there is, if life is a burden, it can elevate the people that experience that because that itself doesn't last forever. So it's kind of like this evening effect. And some people have tied it into Buddhism and some other philosophies. But to take everything as impermanent means like you're not entitled to the whole world. I'm not entitled to everything I see around me, but I'm here and I get to experience it as a part of the universe that God has made. And it makes me more grateful to think of the fact that I do get to experience that today, even if it's going to be gone tomorrow. Well, I think though it isn't like a pretty natural almost a survival instinct to like, once you do recognize that you have good things to like, try to hang on to them because we do live in such an impermanent world and things are so fleeting. And we try to, we try to possess and and maintain the things that, that bring us happiness or, Mm. or, um, security or comfort. Um, so I, I, th- I think people punish themselves or get punished for that when it's a natural response instead of saying, okay, I have this natural response. How do I maintain it? How do I still share against, you know, against the grain of, mm-hmm. of the, the inclination to hoard? So I think gratitude can be hard because like if you recognize, if you start recognizing actually all the good things that you have, it almost can make you fearful. Like, oh my God, I might lose all this good stuff. 
you know? Uh, so I, then yeah. I think like when, pe- when people are asked to share out of their bounty, then they start getting like really snappy, almost like wild animals that like, they don't want to share their food. They don't want to, I see this a lot. I see this mm-hmm. all the time. Um, people like batten down and they try to, they try to clamp down control over those good things. So I don't know that. And that's because we're failing to recognize like a quote that from the same person that has meant a lot to me lately, um, by Thomas Burton said, the only desire that is infallibly fulfilled is the desire to be loved by God. If we have a desire to own so much or hold on to those resources or protect ourselves, those desires can fail at any moment. Like we, our desires will not always be fulfilled except for one. I do believe God loves this world and I do believe God loves people. So if we look at that as the bounty and everything else as a gift, it puts us in a place to not resort to tribalism and putting up boundaries and withholding from other people. Yeah. But if someone gives me a gift, like it belongs to me, you know? So I think that metaphor can be a little problematic. Yeah. Well, we also have to consider the source. I'm not, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if we can be thankful for privilege because of See? where it's coming it's from. It's a really hard question. <laughs> it, Cause it's you know, if really someone, if someone sketchy gives me something, it may be really good, but would I necessarily feel comfortable taking it from them and actually like using it and i don't know what i'm saying is can we be thankful for stuff that even sucks i guess that's why i I think i'm coming at this conversation from a different place we can be thankful for something that sucks but can we be thankful for something that comes from someone who sucks (laughs) or sucks for other people too crappy people give you things all the time like think about Think about being able to open a credit line, which is something that a lot of people of color can't access in this country, like a line of credit, like a credit card or a mortgage or a loan. If you don't have collateral and sometimes if you don't have the right color skin, you can't get credit, period. And so think about the privilege of like if you're a white person, be able to walk in a bank and being like, hey, loan me money. And they're like, sure, sign on the dotted line. How much do you want? I mean, it's not that simple, but that's a little exaggerated. But for a lot of us, that's how it works, actually. Or if you don't, you know, if you don't have a a college education or you don't have any forms of credit anyway. But so credit, if you think about it, it's like a really terrible system. It's a terrible system. Credit card companies are the worst. But if you're able to get credit in your life, you like almost de facto have a better quality of life because you can get into homes, you can get into cars, you can get into school, you can sometimes you get you can get jobs like they do background and credit checks for some jobs. So it it it's it's way more complicated than like, is this a bad person giving me something good? You know, like that's too simple. I think. Well, then is it a bad person that tooks from someone else? Like I, there, I agree. There's got to be a line. Like if some you know jerk wants to give me a million dollars, I'm not going to say no. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to be like, yeah. But if they like slowly embezzled that million dollars. Well, that's going to come from... with strings though. Okay, no. <laughs> I, well, I'm hypothetical. <laughs> Here's what I'm no trying to say. No going to give me a million dollars. To say that you can't be thankful for something good because other people don't have it reminds me of the conversation between workers in our country where some want a $15 minimum wage and then people make fun of them and say, oh, you're in a really you know cruddy job. Why should I pay you $15 an hour when an ambulance medic doesn't get paid a paramedic doesn't get paid $15 an hour. They should be getting paid a $15 an hour before you do. And my answer on the other side is everybody should be getting, be That's getting paid $15. That's a dumb form of logic. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. So what I'm saying is yeah. that form of logic is, what's pri- is, is what it looks like to me when you can't be thankful for the things that your privilege grants you access to. No, but so I'm not saying that. To, I'm not the saying. An- the answer is to be grateful for what you have and to elevate other people to the place, to no, the well, things that you have. No, but there, I like but what Jeff said earlier. But what I'm saying is there's got to be a place where we deny what we have. Like there's, to me, there's a difference like that, that system of minimum wage or whatever. Like, yes, we can be thankful for something that we have that maybe comes from a different source, I guess. I don't know. I'm still hazy on that. But what I'm really saying is the idea of is what I have that is, is it being taken away from someone else? Like there's a difference between getting something I don't deserve or, you know, I mean, how many wealthy people in this world, their money comes from just interest of other money that they have? Like, they're not doing any work to accumulate these things. But at the same time, like, if I'm... If Capitalism. I, oh, <laughs> I, I don't know how to... Like, like, there's a difference between someone who... Like, you with owning the, something means someone else doesn't. Well, with the financial crisis, case. like, 
people that got wealthy on the financial crisis in 2009 were directly taking advantage of the fact that other people were like they set up a system that other people would lose and they would take advantage of that like to me that's different from yeah i i inherited this money and i invested it just within the system and all the the systems broke i didn't do anything that that directly takes away from someone i don't know if i can you can be thankful for that well there's like taking away and there's preventing and i think there's a little bit there's a nuance there i think yeah that's true but maybe to me the question is okay um i'm maybe i'm inclined to say okay the answer is not do i participate in getting a credit line or not because some people can't access credit the the answer is and i think all three of us are kind of converging in this is is that's that's the that's the question we should not be asking that's the guilty that's the guilt the privilege guilt question that we're trying to get away from the real question is how do I, out of my gratitude of recognizing that this is an amazing thing that makes my life better, make exactly. sure that everyone can have access to it? You said not earlier that gratitude, thankfulness, being recognizing everything as a gift might lead some people to clamp down and hold on to it and protect yeah. that from everyone else. But to me, that's not thankfulness. I think Jeff was right at the very beginning. Is yeah. that real gratitude and thankfulness for our lives and everything in our world leads us to recognize that it is a gift like not something that I am entitled to and that that makes me a grateful person, someone who gives to other people. So I think that that's, I think it's a way out of clamping down on privilege, but stuff, but, but people that look like they're being thankful, sometimes thankfulness is definitely a charade for some people. Their gratitude is a way of supporting the system that prevents other people from getting things. Maybe, maybe it's used incorrectly, but that's not how it is. In my opinion, that's not real gratitude. So I think determining between those two things is a pretty important thing for your conversation. I I think it's really interesting to talk in this moment about entitlement and and leisure and luxury. Um, Because I hear a lot of vehement rhetoric rhetoric from the left about like, oh, you know, these one percenters are just they 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 feel like they're entitled you know um and then i hear vehement rhetoric from the right of like oh these poor people are just entitled to like welfare you know because those technically are called entitlement programs Mm -hmm. so what our countries determine through legislation and through budgetary action are that people are actually the only thing you're actually entitled to in this country is maybe not to starve that's kind of hazy but like we try to say that based on welfare programs like we don't we don't want anyone to starve everyone has a a technic technically or symbolically a basic right to to like basic survival shelter food and housing that doesn't happen or shelter housing um you know what i mean that doesn't happen actually when in practice for a lot of people we have you know thousands and thousands of homeless people in this country who don't have access to those things but so you know, I think we need to rethink like what what entitlement actually means. Like, are we entitled to um, to hire like luxurious forms of living or not? But then I was thinking about um, this political <clears throat> philosopher guy from Germany in the 1920s who, fair warning, was a Nazi sympathizer. But he's kind of considered the father of political theology and theory. His name is Carl Schmitt. And he was writing an article about sovereignty. And I read this one phrase that really caught my eye and made me think a lot. Um, He said, oftentimes something like the powerful prevail over the leisureless. And I thought that was a really interesting way to describe wealth inequality. that, That wealth can buy leisure. And we have a presupposition in this country that poor people don't are not entitled to leisure and luxury um you know they 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 inherently have to fight for survival and are leisureless and i think a lot of times the reason gratitude gets tacked onto privilege is because there's an assumption that only wealthier people are entitled to leisure and luxury and those things are the things that we're really grateful for oh i'm so thankful for my vacation in cabo or whatever or i'm so thankful for this fancy food i get to eat you know whereas i think the gratitude that we're all pointing to is is a different kind of thankfulness it's a thankfulness for fundamental existence for the air we breathe for the people we get to love deeper gratitude deeper gratitude that Mm -hmm. that circumvents conversations around luxury and leisure and and so I just want to say too, like a lot of times we, you know, culturally judge people who don't have a lot of means. And when they get 
some money, they'll buy something extravagant that's unnecessary. Like, I don't know, like an iPad or something. You're like, and you're like, how are you, how do you need that? That's not, you don't need that. And they're judged for those economic decisions. But if you think of power in terms of leisure, in terms of being able to afford leisure, um, the conversation changes a little bit. So I think it's really important for us to get away from being thankful only for these really spectacular, like signs of wealth. That was a long convoluted thing. No, that's thing, good. But- I no, I think that's a good yeah. thing to bring up. I think I think we should strive for communal thankfulness. Like our attitude should be, I'm so thankful for this, and it shouldn't stop there. It should be like, how can I get someone else to experience this right now? Because it's so amazing, and I want to make sure that others are incorporated into this. Because I think that that idea of leisure is really, uh, really, really important, especially when we talk about you know the welfare system and all that. I mean, not everyone is you know, thinks through those things because there's a reason why leisure is so great is because it makes you feel something. It makes you feel like you're kind of outside your situation for a moment. And that's an important feeling. I think that's important, a feeling that needs to be cultivated for everyone, regardless of your, your status. But that's, yeah. But circumventing that I think is what's important is moving around and outside, just being thankful for those things uh, reminds me of a book I read by Chris Hatfield. He's an astronaut do you guys ever see the youtube video of him like playing a guitar or drinking water or whatever he's like the astronaut for our generation uh he played moon man or whatever (laughs) i don't know if that's the name of the the song but he wrote a book and in the book he said life off planet like this is just off the top of my head so it's not verbatim life off planet is not unlike life on the earth you can either only appreciate the greatest, most grandest moments, like when you look out the window and see the planet in your whole view, or you can appreciate and pay attention to all the small things too, and be grateful for those small experiences. So, well, maybe we, the we problem have- is we we try to compartmentalize our thankfulness, like we diminish something material as you can't be thankful for that but maybe those moments lead way to greater thankfulness like maybe we just need to consider it as interconnected, like small amounts of gratefulness and thankfulness can lead to larger amounts depending upon where we at or the, or the good in and of themselves. Like, yeah, it seems horrifying to me to be caught up in a world where I can only be thankful for the biggest things like that. That to me is, um, maybe that's what you're, we're talking about is capitalism in the first place. That's what our economic system is, is that we all have to be striving for this, like incredible wealth and these incredible experiences and nobody can be satisfied with what they have. We always have to have more. Yeah. And it's like, I that to me is horrifying and terrifying. I I feel like that that would burn me out as a human being if I could only be grateful for those things. And so for me, like I I want to be grateful for all the small things too, you know. But at the same time, I think for a lot of us, it gives us, I think that the idea of hope, like having something to look forward to, something that keeps us going, I think that's most important for the people who are in the most desperate of situations, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I, I think our conversation needs to be like turned upside down on what gratitude means and how important it is for people who don't have a lot to be able to experience gratitude. Um, You know, I don't know. I think maybe it depends on how we define it, how we define gratitude. I think we're all kind of, we're describing it, but we're not, we haven't like quite defined it. I guess I think of it as like reveling, a reveling in like a finding joy Mm -hmm. in and like letting your heart brim over with joy. And I think sometimes the smallest things in life provide the best instances for that because these grand experiences, I feel like I'm talking in circles. Sorry guys, but these grand experiences are almost so overwhelming that it takes a lot of time to process them. And in the, in, in the, it doesn't really bring you to the present because it can be like completely overstimulating, you know? So sometimes Mm -hmm. just appreciating like a glass of clean water. I went to, I went to Israel and we visited like, I, I don't even know. It was a two week trip. And we visited hundreds and hundreds of sites of biblical archaeology. And in California, if you would have shown me something that was over 100 years old, I would have stopped dead in my tracks and be like, oh, that's so cool. I do that when I see buildings. Uh, Anyway, I went to Israel and we went to all these different sites. And there was one day I was just so tired because we'd already seen so much. And uh, I think this is by the Valley of Armageddon at Megiddo. And we were going to go to a different site. And... There was an option to go or not go, and I literally chose not to go. Me. If you would have told me that I would have passed up the idea of going to see a biblical archaeology site before (laughs) I went on this trip, I would say you're absolutely crazy. But at some point, I was like, man, I am so overstimulated (laughs) with how much good there is. I just need to sit down for a second. And it's funny, on that exact trip is when I realized, like, 
sitting on the Sea of Galilee, looking across and seeing uh, Tiberius, which is this uh, big city all lit up on the other side of the of the sea. It kind of looked like the lake that I grew up uh, going to as a kid. And sitting there at the Sea of Galilee, where the New Testament takes place and Jesus you know, lived and, and worked, I realized that this could just be my home lake in California. It could be this little pond that I had grown up at. Because at night, it looks basically the same. And I realized that is as special as Jerusalem and the Galilee and that experience was, I had the same access to God and to life and to this planet as I did growing up at my little lake. And there was literally like no difference between the two. It, it was just this wonderful experience thinking that God is present in all places and in all times. And we can be grateful because we have all of life is a gift from the divine. All of life is permeated by God. So we, we can be, I can be grateful regardless of where I'm at. Anyway. So for you, gratitude me. is connecting. For me, for me, gratitude is perhaps connecting to God, recognizing that everything, but I, I don't think like when I'm experiencing something good that, oh, this is just from God. I don't always think that way. So does that tie into worship for you? Like based on last expect. Yeah, it does tie into worship for me. I mean, enjoying life itself and enjoying the people and the things around me to me is one of the best forms of worship. If I was God and I saw something that I had created enjoying the world around them, I would think that I would have actually accomplished something pretty awesome. <laughs> That's just me. Maybe it's my personality and I'm you know, putting that <laughs> on God. But. How do you define it, Jeff? I don't know. I think I think there's a lot of truth to what Alan was saying earlier, the idea of permanence where it's it's easier to be thankful if we if we entertain the notion that something can be permanent then like what Alan was saying we'll strive so much to make it permanent and keep it permanent that we forget to be thankful for it in that struggle and i think that if we know whatever we have is temporary and to enjoy that moment then i think that 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 helps but i think so i, I guess i think that really gratitude is being satisfied with what you have or in awe of what you have and recognizing that there's something else on the horizon that'll give you another sense of awe and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to hold on to the same thing. Like there's so many millions of options for things that can give us a sense of a pause. And I think that, I don't know, that's probably where I stand, I guess. Well, I want, you know, as you're saying that I'm this thinking conversation's about so your, cheesy. you're right. No, Mona. stop it. Get out of here. <laughs> No, but Jeff, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about like what what might inform that view. And um, you you're the only dad in the conversation. And I I was thinking about you know kids growing up and how every single day there's there's changes and just trying to. I I, I hear a lot of parents talk about trying to savor the moment as it happens. Yeah, because that's like all you well, have. I, yeah, and that's a great example. I, I've always tried to avoid to jump into the kid cliche, but since you mentioned it, uh, <laughs> you should avoid it. It, it is, well, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, there's, you know, that guy. Because uh, I remember being in that place where I didn't have kids and being like, oh my gosh, yes, we get it, you know. But you know, you know, some people are. I guess the I'm annoyed by some people have, talking about two. their kids, but not you. I like. When okay, you talk that's about good. It. I'm I'm never annoyed by anybody talking about their kids or anything. All right. Yeah, you're a better person no, I just than me. Okay, to say we've that established because it. It's really important that we establish <laughs> that. Ah. <laughs> uh, um. Oh, that whole idea. Feel free to cut that out because I am a humble person. No, don't, don't cut it out. I'm not cutting no, that out, especially now that you've added this caveat to it. <laughs> um. I think oh for me, with, with with kids, I th I mean that's the perfect example, especially like the the little things that I used to take for granted, like. Honestly, watching someone develop the skill to pick something up on purpose was astounding to me. Like I've, cool. I've talked in so many different avenues before having kids in church and talking about how we create new life and new life is around us and, and we're becoming and, and, and just that journey of becoming. And then watching it happen on the most basic level was awe-inspiring to know, like to watch my two children, sometimes at the same time, you know, smile, but know that they're, they're not smiling on purpose. And then that first moment where you can, you just knew like based off their eyes or whatever, that now they just smiled on purpose. Like they chose to do that. It wasn't just like some physical reaction or anything. It was amazing. And then watching that slow process of from that being able to, you know, make an 
make a an emotional face on purpose. Like if you say angry face, now they can do that on purpose. Where like wow, picking something up or going from rolling to crawling to walking to destroying, you know, all That's that whole trip. process is it it is it is it is absolutely a trip. And I know everyone says like in that that moment of birth or whatever, like they're like, oh, that was so inspiring and it changed my worldview and all that kind of stuff that didn't happen for me in fact the first three months of having kids was super boring like they just moved with no rhyme or reason but like right around that three month time where it was just yeah uh, yeah don't get me started on that that's a whole nother yeah um, don't get him started on that. <laughs> alan does but not want the, us to talk seriously, about seriously like at that th- right around that three month time to watch like it start to unfold you know it was like waiting for the like dropping a seed and waiting for that first like leaf to go and then once that first leaf comes out of the ground it's like all downhill from there you just watch this blossom and that's basically what it's been like and it's been it's been pretty amazing like to to not be grateful for even just movement in those moments was was difficult you know it was just like wow all right, there's my there's my dad rant for the day. I like that. That was so cool, Jeff. I and I think it ma- it's <laughs> making me think about the importance of maybe not gratitude but wonder. That's like a gratitude on steroids, yeah. right? Like what happens when we <laughs> I think that's like the basis of gratitude. Gra- yeah, is is wonder. And what happens to us when we stop wondering at the world? Like everything gets old and tired and boring and we lay down and die. I'm serious. Like I've met yeah. elderly people who who maintain their sense of wonder about the world. Like they maintain their ability to look at something and their eyes widen and sparkle and be amazed. Like, wow, isn't this amazing that we get to live. And they're essentially sprinting through the the finish line. It's true. They're not, they're not just, no, those people thrive. Yeah. Those people thrive later on in life. Like their life is extended and much more full and much more meaningful and, active like they're even even your mental processes stay more active when you wonder at the world so i mean mm-hmm. we we really it's it is kind of like ceasing to wonder is almost like ceasing to breathe in my yeah. opinion i was listening to rob bell's podcast um it was a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about he was sharing the story about how he just finished a talk and he comes down and this guy comes to him and says i can i want to i I would like you to consider hiring our organization, you know, and he named off a bunch of these speakers that we do all their research, all the legwork for them, for their talks and all that kind of stuff. And he stopped and he says, that's a thing. Like he was so dumbfounded by the idea that, that there's these people that didn't want to walk through the discovery process that they would hire someone so they could get to that end destination. And and it was, that's, that made me think of that is that idea of there's all these places in our life where we try to eliminate the journey and eliminate the process because we're so concerned with the end result or the destination that uh, maybe part of that gratefulness is, is really enjoying the journey to get there. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And and I think there's, I think it's no small thing that most of the wisest people that we've known in this world, like Jesus, the Dalai Lama, St. John, the apostle, they've always told us, be like children, like don't lose your childlike eyes for the world. You know, um, there, there's something to it like of, and I think also being like a child in that is, is also a not possessing, like you were talking about earlier, Jeff, Mm -hmm. like not grasping for control, being okay with uncertainty and holding things loosely and just being in the moment for, although I, at least for toddlers, that is not a value that toddlers have as far as not grasping. <laughs> they want oh. to hold on to, to everything and it is theirs and not yours. Well, isn't that, isn't that like um, in early child development, that's like identity formation. Like that, this is really interesting. Children at that age are trying to understand what is them and what is not them. Yeah. And when they're practicing, they're flexing their muscles of ownership. They're trying to understand what is part of their person and not because they yeah. can't, they, they don't have the consciousness to look in the mirror and being like, well, my body and my person is just my physical body. You know, like they, they confuse the physicality, the materiality um, with the idea of And we identity. don't do that. but we also do it it's just a lot more subtle confuse we confuse our identity with everything around us with exactly so we we never quite stop doing that that's the point that i that i'm trying to get back to i really do think that my faith informs my idea of gratitude i do believe like in first timothy the author of first timothy wrote that um like there's this long discussion about whether you should get married or whether you should abstain from certain foods. And it came down to the point that God had created all of these things to be received with thankfulness. And I do believe that this universe was created 
and was sustained, is sustained to be received by the beings in the universe with thankfulness to be, you know, made to wonder and awe. Um, like that's our and, natural state. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Yes. That and should it, be our natural it state. It should be. And, and if there's one thing that I want to say at the end of this conversation, it's that thankfulness and gratitude is not something that happens to you. You're, you're never going to be in a place where something so amazing is going to happen to you that it's going to melt your heart and make you a grateful person. And then you look around and wonder, like, that doesn't happen. We can manufacture moments like that by drinking or taking substances and getting in an altered state. But it doesn't happen to us. Gratitude is something that we bring to the world. And maybe there are moments that help us break down our cynicism and our irritability and all the bad things that have piled up on top of us. But I I do believe people have it in them to be grateful people. It's just something that you have to access and bring to the world around you. And like a muscle, if you use it, it, you get better at it. And it's something that's a bigger part of your life. And it makes your life, like Mona said, more rich, more full, meaningful, and keeps you healthy later on in life. Um, But But it should be outwardly focused, though. Like we've talked about the active component. But it is something, but it's something that you can also lose touch with. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that that's a good point, Alan. Um, Mona, how about you? You got you have a takeaway? I want to say I'm thankful for you guys. This show has meant so much to me. And I think a lot about, you know, like what we're trying to contribute to the world. But honestly, I think I get more out of it than maybe other, anybody else. No, it's not a competition, but I get a ton out of this show and just being in community with you guys. I'm so thankful for this. I'm And I'm thankful that other people get to participate, but I'm thankful for it for my own reasons. So thank you guys. You guys are amazing. That's well said. I feel like I get a lot out of it too. More than not I as do. much as me. More, more than I get. <laughs> not as much as you. Speaking of which, my takeaway for that is that my the enemy to my gratefulness is comparing, and yeah. and mm-hmm. really like just if we if stopping and and learning to take that moment where something great is happening and not try to compare it to something else or when something's not happening you know, trying to figure out what's happening for them, like really being in the moment and separating myself from comparison is to me when I have the moments of the greatest gratitude, but also it's a discipline that is, is hard some days for sure. Totally. All right. Well, let us know what you think. If you have anything to add to the conversation for this week, you can comment on the show notes at irenacast.com slash 48. That's irenacast.com slash 48. And there you'll have some helpful links from our discussion as well. Um, on the other side of the music, we are going to be bringing in a new segment, uh, Good News, Bad News. Good News, Bad News. How this segment is going to work is one of us is going to propose a fictional piece of good news. And then the other host has to follow up with bad news related to that good news and so on back and forth between good news and bad news. So, Until for instance, someone no longer has an idea, right? Exactly. Or it's just so bad that we determine that we're done. So I would say the good news is we've made contact with an alien race. And then someone might say the bad news is we're sending Donald Trump as our representative. And then the good news might be, but they're going to keep him, you know, so we'll go back and forth that way until we figure out something. So who's going to go first with their good news? I can go I first. Can. Okay, Alan, go for it. You do it, Mona. Alan will go first. And then, Alan will go first. Okay. Then Mona, then me, and then we'll go in. Why are you talking about and... yourself in the third person? <laughs> well, he always does Mona that. Mona is wondering why Alan is talking to himself in a third person. I, I don't Because do he's humble. Negative way. <laughs> but an, an endearing one. So my good okay. news is pencils and paper are now free for everybody everywhere. The bad good news, news is that people are eating them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to come up with good news to that. The good news is that it's full of fiber. <laughs> Alan, we set you up for the perfect The bad joke. Come news on. is... <laughs> that <laughs> I don't want to. I was gonna say something about this. I'm ending this because I will not talk about poop jokes. <laughs> I can't. I was gonna do something about Q-tips, but I was like, that's remotely related to the bathroom, so I'm not even gonna go there. So I made it pencils and paper. But I think our goal and is how at least did it end get, up? Oh our goal gosh. is at least to get you to say the word poop in most episodes, and I think we've actually <laughs> succeeded. <laughs> I think we did like twice today, maybe. Oh my gosh. 
The bad news is uh, people already get all their fiber because they eat all their vegetables and fruit lately. That's it. God, you're no, so bad at this. That's yeah. so bad. <laughs> that's, that's Just the, good. Ah, oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Who's next? I'll, I want to do news. poop jokes, so don't even set me up. Don't we, even say the word fiber. We tried. You tried. Again. You got us, you old so-and-so. <laughs> all right. The good news is Mona's got a date on Friday. The bad news is it's Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Really? You have to go there. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) The good news is he'll probably buy you something that's really tasty for dinner. Uh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I have so many many things in my head that I can't say right now. Um, I do have to say this out loud because I I told you guys earlier, but I think it's really funny and it should be on the episode. Someone in our church was doing like the liturgy. At the front, they were re- they were reading First um, Corinthians, and they got up there and they said First Corinthians thirteen, and then they stopped and they go, "Oh shoot, I was going to say one Corinthians in reference to Donald Trump as a joke." <laughs> that whole issue, I thought it was hilarious. I covered my face with a bulletin. Oh my god! Okay, the bad news is that I have to listen to him practice his campaign speeches on me during dinner. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I have a great relationship with. <laughs> The good news is, uh, while he's speaking, his hair is a lot softer than you'd think, and you can run your hands through it. Ah, uh, no. The bad news is, you can't get your hands out when you do. <laughs> but the good news is, he smells really nice. <laughs> I'm trying not to say something horribly offensive. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're on bad news, right? The bad news is... Wait, what was the good news? The good news is that he, he smells, smells nice. good. The bad news is you don't want to know why he smells good. <laughs> the good news is you wouldn't be able to find out <laughs> if you wanted to. I don't know. You guys, seriously? I'm still thinking about his hair. That's it. I can't. I'm thinking of my my decorous visit to the Trump Taj Mahal in Atlantic City, New Jersey. It was mm-hmm. a momentous occasion because I played slots for the first time with my mother. And we, we found the most ridiculous slot machine. If you've never been to... I was going to say you've Arcade. You've donated to his campaign? I think he... I think he one seven cents on me. I think I walked down down wow. seven cents. But I played the machine that was called Kitty Glitter. It was a slot machine. Is a kitty glitter theme. So there was a cat and you pulled the handle and all these cat themed oh like gosh. things across Adults that play these horrible. games. It <laughs> I it really like it seriously like made all the hairs on my body like stand on end. Like it made me feel like fundamentally dirty for just being inside the building. You're like, oh, what am God. I doing? I'm How like, has Mom, my life led me here to Mom, pull this your is a great from. bonding experience. Yeah. She was like, oh, my daughter, we're going to play the slots together. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Oh, and then she got money out of the ATM and she's like, "Woo! I won. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I was like, mom, you're embarrassing me. Yeah. (laughs) At the ATM, you can always win money if you have money. (laughs) Until you don't. Until you really, It was such a surreal experience. (laughs) Okay, I think right. that, I think that degraded. Dead. Yeah, degraded. I think that one's done. Dead. That was that was Mona's. Yeah. That was mine. Now Going Je- on a date with old turn. Trumpy. Me and Ending Donnie. Cat slot machines. We're like this. You can't see but my fingers are real close together. We're like this, me and Donald. Jeff, do you <laughs> Donald, you call him Donald. Get me to stop talking. All right. Here's I figure if I just stay silent long enough, you'll <laughs> Nope. <laughs> That's half of the I show. Jeff's like, Try if that I before. just stay we have hours of content. Enough, people will stop saying what they're saying. Okay, so mine is the good news is they're bringing back Seinfeld. The bad news is it's none of the original cast, <laughs> including I you were Jerry say Seinfeld. They cast Trump. No, no, I'm done with Trump jokes now. Okay. The good news is one of the members is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <gasps> oh my <laughs> Why God. that's good news. <laughs> Yeah, my junior high self. Can I say bad news is that they cast Jonathan? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, she agreed with me. All so right. there you go. So mine is the good news, right? No, here's the bad news. Here's the bad news. Oh, that's right, because you news, thought that news, was good news. news. Okay. Good news, yeah. Uh, the bad news is... Wait, I got, uh, a, I got such a good one. <laughs> All right, I'll let you go. Go ahead. He's playing every single character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is, yeah. <laughs> the good news is he does an amazing Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> the bad news is the wig is not convincing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. You have oh, that's us okay. I had nothing anyway, so that works <laughs> out. But he does an amazing Kramer. Yeah, that would be that would the be good a strange. news is Netflix has agreed to extend it for another ten years. <laughs> oh my god! I don't. The know. bad news is it's been extended for ten years. <laughs> that's I the think good. So. Once yeah. you can't tell the difference between the good or the bad news, I think it's over. Right? Yeah. I know, right. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, a good. The call. good news is his Kramer's not racist. <laughs> oh, too. That's too personal. <laughs> that's not too I'm soon. Gonna too soon. <laughs> we're going to say too soon, but it's not too soon. When is too Seinfeld soon because I watched Seinfeld like a week ago. Okay, oh. it's too soon. It's relative. You're too soon as relative. Yeah, it is exactly. It's always relative. That's true. Mm-hmm. Alan gets excited about hundred-year-old things. I guess it is too <laughs> soon for you. <laughs> I do. I'm still lamenting Vesuvius. This game is so silly. It is. I like it. All right. Well, I think that'll, <laughs> that'll do it for us this week. If you enjoy what you hear and want to support the show, you can go to irenacast.com slash support. All the ways you can support the show. Um, all the ways you can show your appreciation for us. Oh, crap. <laughs> you should uh, keep those in there. Please keep it in. No. I'm Why? Not that in. Come on. Uh, we're, we're supposed right, to show people I? that we're not perfect. You know, we're like, we're thankful uh, for our imperfections. That's right. Grateful. Segway. Reverse segway. Reverse. Bookend. Inclusio. Bookend. The Latin term. All right. If you enjoy what you hear and want to support the show, regardless of what just happened, <laughs> you can go to irenacast.com slash support. And there you'll find all the ways you can, you can help the show, including our Amazon banner. Uh, if you click on that or bookmark the link on that banner, the next time you shop Amazon, that'll help cover some of our costs. Sounds great. You're doing so good, Jeff. Keep going. Yeah. It's great. I'm grateful You're such a for professional. your patronizing tone. <laughs> um, I actually meant it. I meant it, too. Oh. I, just, <laughs> I was honestly trying to be sincere. Oh, Apparently, everything right. I say sounds like sarcasm. No, not sarcasm. It's your face. Patronizing. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much hanging right. out with Trump. On the on the I think Friday so. nights, that, too much that date, hands. You know. He's been rubbing rubbing off yeah. on me. Ugh. Ew! Why do you always <laughs> have to go? <laughs> That's a cold open right there. Why? Why? <laughs> end the and show. Somebody end the show. <laughs> I know. All right. Gets worse. And as always, we want to hear from you, uh, especially coming up with our 50th episode. So if you ever have questions, comments, or concerns for us, go to irenacast.com slash feedback for all the ways you can contact us. So for this week, I'm Jeff. I'm Mona. And I'm Alan. Thanks for joining the conversation. And by conversation, we mean an amazing that loosely. We mean that long as have, have a great... <laughs> I have a pause. You paused for so long. Double your delightment, your passatment. And then eat dinner with Donald Trump. Have we officially ended this thing or what? Yeah, yeah, it's over. (laughs)